This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 291. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Upon this episode we continue our Russian Roulette franchise retrospective for June, rolling through the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. This is second stop, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer and I'll be joined by my guest, whose name was drawn from the ball to face this. It's my good buddy, The Witch. He will be chatting that movie with me after the first break. Welcome to a brand new week of podcasting from Podcasts Under the Stairs. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And a new week, more stuff to get to. It never ends, really. It starts here. Uh, Thursday, we'll be doing Movie Club, which means Wednesday is your last date to get your reviews of Life Force in for the continuation of our Toby Hooper series. So that's Thursday this week. And on Saturday, you are going to get a review of a screener of a new movie. So that is your lineup from under the stairs. Over on the Teapots Collective, you should be getting Opera Omnia this week. And you should be getting a little bit of Jaws' shite and other regrettable outbursts. I say should because the fates have not been kind with planning recently, so those might fall through. However... Where to begin with just dropped an episode on Digging Up The Marrow. So that dropped last night, the wee hours in the morning. So you can go and check that one out as well. That's you all caught up, ladies and gents, with the content, with the shiz at the start. So let's do this, shall we? I'm going to take a very short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. When I return, it's myself and the witch talking about that movie right after this. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. Summer. We are going to the Bahamas! 
Nobody deserves a vacation more than Julie James. We have arrived in paradise. And here, miles from civilization. To so a great weekend. Yeah, to a great weekend. For she's me. finally gotten away from it all. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made Julie the key. If I'd have known for just one second, you'd be back to bother me. something to the screen I said what are you talking about but she can never escape her past it's happening again what because there are some secrets there, there was a body in there cool I am not going crazy he's here who who is here and there are some fears hey Julie you see any dead bodies out there two summers ago we hit Ben Willis with our car and then we threw his body in the water can you not tell me the whole story I'm your best friend that will haunt her forever. I want off this island. That's not possible. This time... We're all gonna die! Good God, one by one! There's no getting away. Come on! Let her go! If you want me, Ben, come and get me! I'm right here! He's out there. I still know what you did last summer. Get hooked again. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So, this is the second one. That's right, we're rolling into that second of <laughs> three planned Russian roulette franchise retro episodes looking at a little movie franchise called I Know What You Did Last Summer. This one, ingeniously being the second one, called I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. So, clearly showing that even back then Hollywood was trying to buck the trend of adding numbers to their franchise sequels. Joining me, now, some people would say that he pulled the short straw. Some people would say that maybe he didn't. Maybe fate smiled, although sarcastically, upon him. And I, I, he still smiled. I don't know. We'll find out what he makes of it. Joining me is the, the host of, well, The Witch versus the Doomsday Clock. He also has another show, which I am very proud to have guested on a few times, Gangs of Hollywood Podcast. It's, of course, the phenomenal The Witch. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I am uh, fucking awesome, as a matter of fact, and I've got written proof. <laughs> now, can I just like stress that if anyone wasn't on the Facebook page, that they may not have seen the uh, the willpower you were exerting not to get a certain number in this franchise. Oh, you know what? I, I figured I had a one in three chance, and, and I made it clear that I really didn't want... <laughs> the second one because uh as as you know i'd I'd watched them all back to back a couple of weeks ago in preparation Mm -hmm. and the one that really um uh made me sad for humanity was uh was the was the second one and i went please just don't fucking give me that one i can live with the first one and the third one is unique and special in its own window licking way uh, <laughs> please don't give me the second one and, and well Duncan you fucked me well this is I, I keep telling everyone that does these franchises not to wish for anything uh, uh, This, uh, I mean the franchise retro is almost like the sorting hat from Harry Potter 
Like if you see not Slytherin, not Slytherin, there's a chance it's going to want to give you Slytherin. Um, and in the case yeah. of this one, you just putting out into the universe your general um, animosity towards a second instalment. I mean, it was always going to happen. So that's that's how that yeah. works, buddy. You've been kind to me before, though, Duncan. Evil Dead. I got yes. Evil Dead. Uh, even 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 with Hellraiser, I got was it fucking. You didn't get a terrible judgment one. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I got I got fat pinhead, which is so much fun because it's just we're talking about fat pinhead <laughs> and little pinhead. Uh, you know that that was okay, and then I went, you know what? One in three, one in three. I've got to get, and yeah, obviously, and my life ran out. And you know what? I'm okay with that because <laughs> I'm now going to tell everybody how much this movie sucked dick. So, like, I, I, we did um, the Urban Legend one last month, yes. and I famously in that got the second instalment of Urban Legend and the second instalment of I Know What You Did Last Summer muddled up, and that I was convinced that the second instalment Urban Legend is where we went tropical, and it turns out that's not, <laughs> that's not the case. Um, it was this one. So I had a vague recollection of some of this like I remembered some of the casting choices I remember Jeffrey Combs was in this but nowhere near as much as I wanted him to be in this um, I I also remembered um, that Jack Black was in it but I couldn't I couldn't remember how bad that character was until people started posting the gifts of him with the dreads and yes. then all Jack, Jack Black in this movie is like he is the epitome of of nineties white boy, Pretty I, I much. was watching it. With, I was watching with my lovely wife, and, and I actually turned to her and I said, "Do you remember when white guys got dreads?" And she said, "You know what? That was never a fucking good thing." No, no. The short answer, the short answer is always that was never a good thing. What's interesting about this one, and we're all lean to it, it's got a weird casting, but like this is this is the interesting. I mean, Jack Jack Black appears in this uncredited. Um, now you would love to think that he appears uncredited because you know shame, like me, <laughs> like, like like maybe. But this is a weird time period for for Jack Black in general. And um, this is before he becomes huge, essentially, uh, with, with the tenacious D stuff. But he has a ton of the weirdest little roles ever, including in the same year he plays uh, a character. Uh, called Lamont in a movie called The Jackal, which stars Bruce Willis as a hitman. Yes. And which is the remake of the, the 70s, The Jackal, yes. which is actually an awesome movie. It's a great movie. The weird thing about this one is that like Lamont in The Jackal is essentially exactly the same character minus the dreads. Because um, mm-hmm. he builds it's like he dies. He dies the same way as well. Like, well, almost the same way. He'd like he gets severe hand trauma first, where he has to pull that Jack Black "I'm in pain" face um, <laughs> before he's shot, and in this one he gets hooked through the hand and then stabbed. But yeah, it's it's a weird time period, and I couldn't quite remember how bad his character was but it all came flooding back now let's give the the people out there a little bit of detail on this one so this one is directed by danny cannon who has done a lot of tv um i mean a lot of tv and is still actively like churning out that tv stuff um worked most recently well he's doing um i think he's doing pennyworth at the moment he is indeed yeah pennyworth uh before that he did some gotham 
Um, yes. He did the the first episode of that Training Day um, TV show, oh, which I yeah. never watched. I never watched. No. I, I, I wish I could have. Um, however, he is probably, weirdly, most famously known out of all his filmography as the dude that gave you the original Judge Dredd movie. So, <laughs> I am the law. Um, that's that is that is him. Um, so he jumped from that, and we well, did a couple of things in between, mostly music videos and stuff. But he, he jumped in to do I know what you, I still know what you did last summer, which is obviously the sequel to I know what you did last summer, which really proved the it sadly proved Hollywood right in that if you have a huge hit on your hands with one of these slasher horror movies, just do a sequel. Um yep. and it's literally that's yeah. literally what they did. Now this one has some of the same cast. We did lose quite a lot of cast in the first movie. So Jennifer Love You is back, boobs and all. Um Freddie Prince Jr. is in this one. I realised while watching this that Friends has ruined Freddie Prince Jr. for me forever. Like I, 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 I like watching this through, like because he plays the nanny, you know, the really in touch with his emotions. Um, like Matt, like, that's the yeah. only way I can see him now. So see when he's like, oh, you know, I'm a fisherman. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a nanny. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I went, you're a fisherman. No, you're not. You're Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> that whole movie. He's, he's just on the train going, hello everybody <laughs> hello uh, so yeah it's like Freddy's back we've got Brandy the Brandy and this is where this, Brandy, is late, yeah. this is late 90s so we have R&B stars and hip hop stars and all our horror movies um, with Mickey Pfeiffer uh, Muse Watson returns as Ben Willis Bill Cobbs is in this one which I mean Bill Cobbs has not aged at all in like about 40 years he looks exactly yeah, the yeah. Same. He, he's one of those guys that just got old and then stopped <laughs> just stayed old <laughs> uh, we have Matthew Settle Jeffrey Combs like I said before is wonderfully underused in this um, John Hawks is in this one which was a delight at, he's a blinking miss him sort of early death in this one but he's a great actor that I enjoy quite a bit um, and some other folks including Mark Boone Jr uh, as the pawn shop owner and once again a blinking you miss him he has been and most most probably Bobby. famous for yeah Bobby and um, the Sons of Anarchy Sons of Anarchy yeah yep. so the synopsis for this one because I know what you're thinking Duncan how could they come back with this they wrapped up everything at the end of the last one well they did and they didn't the body was never found and just when you thought at the end Jennifer Love Hewitt had been killed well, it turns out that was a dream, and we're gonna we're gonna wreck on that pretty quick. The synopsis is: the murderous fisherman with a hook is back once again, stalking the two surviving teens, Julian Ray, who had left him for dead, as well as cause even more murder and mayhem this time at a posh island resort. Now you know which that over here on the Russian Roulette franchise retros, I ask a couple of questions, and that first. Mm question is what if anything does i still know what you did last summer do right i think probably the key thing that it does right is it absolutely maximizes the use of um jlh and brandy's cleavage that's a lot (laughs) absolute max i have never seen that much almost boob mm-hmm. um, in, in a horror movie 
in my whole life. Because there's no nudity in this movie at no. all. No, no, not, no, 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 not at this point because both of them were established, so you don't get nudity. That, that's right. They were legitimate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were proper actors. Yes. Um, and they didn't need to get their cans out. So you know, they absolutely maximise that. I think the other thing that it does really well is it. It reminds us of some of the things that were good in the nineties, like yeah. Jeffrey Combs. Yes. You know, that he he should have been in more stuff. Yeah. Right? He fucking. You know, he, every freaking Star Trek you could ever imagine, he's there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's there. <laughs> he's we, we, we needed more more Jeffrey. You know, it's like, that's a highlight. Then, of course, it did other things like white Rastafarians. Yeah, there's, yeah, well, we, we, we're going to, we're definitely going to talk about some of the problems of this movie. Um, mm. I, I'm with you. I, I, like, to me, I think it, it fully at this point understands that uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is a massive sex icon. Um, to a particular mm. demographic that are going to go and watch these movies. And she had crossover as well in that, you know, your teenage girls wanted to be Jennifer Love Hewitt and teenage yes. boys wanted to be in Jennifer Love Hewitt. So. She, she was very much a, a, like a Disney sex icon, though. She was like very, an early one, yeah. She was, she was like that yeah, kind of... Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it was interesting is like, because she's... She, her and Sarah Michelle Gellar are friends in yes. the first movie, and she kind mm-hmm. of feels like the squeaky clean Sarah Michelle Gellar who was squeaky clean, if you know what I mean. So it's it's a it's a oh, weird because you know that while Sarah Michelle Gellar was squeaky clean, yeah, she would get dirty. She well, would be badass. doing nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. She would, oh, she'd be on it. Yeah, she'd be covered in blood and guts and going strip. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but you did like you, and what's like? There's there's a kind of also a, a kind of wholesome quality about that character that I think mm. is easy to. She she is like it's interesting you say that because now I'm thinking about I'm thinking if Disney remade Scream the Nev Campbell character would be played by like a Jennifer Love Hewitt of of the yeah. era. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like just enough to get. The, the creepy dads involved, yep. but mostly aimed at teenage daughters and teenage boys. Yes, a hundred percent. So she's like, I, I think her inclusion, and I don't think she's a, I don't want to prefer this. I think she's okay as an actress. I don't think she's great in this. I think the, the, the fact that once again, scary movie has ruined like so much movie so the, you're, yes. what are you waiting yes. for Come in, the fact that they have to do that scene again in this movie is just like is that yeah. what we're getting in every movie now or do we have to have a scene with her screaming into the night um, oh Ned screaming oh yeah. my god the amount of fucking screaming in this movie yeah it's and uh, then you, yeah. you also have like I, I like the, the, the fact that like Freddie Prince Jr.'s character is is back, but he's not a prominent part of this because once again, I, I don't think his character is great in this. I think he's an okay actor as well, but I don't think he like his character is great. So the fact that he's kind of sidelined for the majority of this movie is fine. You know, I can. Well, I, I think they had to go for the diversity element because the first one's very white. Oh yes! The, oh yes! The first one is very, very white, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure when when they were casting this, they went, "We we probably need to represent more of humanity." Yes. Um, albeit with rap stars and, and singers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and but, but I, my guess is that Freddie had a contract. 
I, I, and yeah. that, that he was on board for him, and they just went, "Well, all right then. Here you go. You get to be uh, you get to be Forrest Gump on on the boat, yeah. And uh, you can do a couple of bits, and in the end, you'll be the hero that saves everybody." Yeah, and I'm sure he was he was fine with that. I like Bill Cobbs in this as the kind of vo- yeah. voodoo priest. The, the voodoo again, the voodoo that's like, oh, it's voodoo, and then it's like, yeah, that's no, okay. I was, I was just doing it to look after you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah it's I, okay. I stole your toothbrush because I'm trying to save you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, kinda, I reckon that had been been in some dark places. Yeah, I think so as well. I think had he not been caught, it would have been put back. Um, yeah. And like we said before, Jeffrey Combs, who plays Mr. Brooks, the hotel oh. manager, is that wonderfully sarcastic Jeffrey Combs performance yeah. that very few actors can pull off. Um, I think he's. I think he's incredible. I, I actually think that the the guy whose name escapes me right now, the dude that plays um, Agent Smith in the Matrix movies, him. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Yeah, Hugo Weaving basically shaped Mister Smith, an Australian icon. I might add. I, well, this is why I was looking towards you to help me. Uh, so um, I get the feeling that. Literally, Hugo Weaving had watched every sarcastic Jeffrey Combs performance before creating the character of Mr. Or of Agent Smith, because that's li- yes. you know you have, even your landlady helps you take out her garbage. You know, it's all that. It's Jeffrey Combs. It's like a level of sarcasm which I love, and he's great in this. Once, it, once again, we don't get a lot of him. So I like all that stuff. I think the deaths yes. are okay. For a killer, yeah, hook. See, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna refute that, and, I, oh. and I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. All right? Well, are we switching to bad things right now? Let's switch to bad things. No, no, because no, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's more, it's more of a technical issue that is stuck in my brain. Oh, right. And I'm, I'm gonna ask you to obviously work with me, and you may be able to turn me around. We've had a conversation before where I said to you that I was not a fan of the Candyman movie. Yes, yes. Um, and much to a lot of people's chagrin because they think that it's great and there are yeah. parts of it. Only, and, only, and took, only took two months of counselling for me to get over it, so. Yeah, that's it. Well, look, you, you survive Cemetery Man. You can <laughs> Motherfucker. Every time. <laughs> Let me just put my finger in that wound again. There it is. <laughs> uh, and I've worked out what it is, and it wasn't until I watched this movie that I worked out what, it, what the problem is that I have with Candyman. It's the same thing that I have with this mm-hmm. and it's the hook yeah now a hook as as a weapon is is basically you've got two choices you can you've got to do a full arm sort of wide out slash and you might catch them with the hook like the very tip of the hook mm-hmm. or you're going all the way over the top to get them obviously on again on the point of the hook to get them in or all the way underneath to hook them in the groin to get them underneath yep. but that's it like you can't just you can't short slash you certainly can't stab with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it requires a lot of arm movement and a lot of strength. So if you put a hook on someone's arm yep. or what remains of their arm and not their hand, their actual range to be able to like, stab and kill somebody is quite limited. So the dude that gets gets killed in the car and it goes like through his mouth and out yeah. his neck, <laughs> to do that, he would have actually had to almost go through the roof of the car. 
yeah. to get it into his mouth and his throat. So, like I said, some of the kills are really good. There's a couple of good slashes, yeah. but there's a couple where people get hooked, and I'm going, that just won't work. Well, yeah, this this old man, this old Ben Willis guy who, who mm. is, like, missing a hand now and all the rest, manages to, at some point in the kitchen scene, hook Tyrell under the jaw and lift him off the ground. And yes. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm so that. Again, that, that would take a lot of upward swing yes. to be able to actually do that. Yeah. Like, it's not like you can just slide it in there and it'll work. Have you, now, this is, again, going off on a tangent. Have mm-hmm. you seen 2020's, I want to say, Spare Parts? I haven't yet. I've heard great things about it. So, and the reason I mention that is that a bunch of girls get kidnapped by your extensive living in a junkyard cannibal family because mm-hmm. um, there's plenty of those. Um, <laughs> and, and what they do to them is basically they, they chop off their arm virtually at the elbow, but they leave the bone exposed with a bolt on it and they they attach different attachments to their remaining arm and they fight like gladiators. All right. <laughs> Look, I'll be up front. It's not great, but you should see it. Yeah. Right? You should see it because there, there's some stuff in it that is – there's some there's plenty of blood and guts. There's a bit of creepy sex, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's worth it's worth it because they're a girl band, so it's like Josie and the Pussycats uh, meet like oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, so, it, look, it, it's worth watching. But I was thinking about like the way that worked. You know, They reinforce the bone and everything. I'm going, hang on. Ben is really only just got this cap with a hook. Yeah, it's just, and it frustrated me. And then I went straight back to Candyman and went, "Well, Candyman, same deal." It's the same deal, yeah. Same, same deal. Yeah, yeah. And let's. I'm quite like. I want to swing it to things that maybe the movie doesn't do well because there's one that genuinely, when it happened, I'd forgotten about it. And when I remembered, right. Will in this, the new guy entered into the scene here. So, so Will Benson. Well, this is uh, this is the thing because I'd like I, there was a not even an involuntary, there was a full on deliberate oh fuck off moment last fuck night. Off. Yeah, at the screen, like see when your killer has to say, well, you know, my name's Will Benson, as in Ben's son. See when you Benson. have to explain that. Yeah. To the characters yeah. in the movie and the audience, then your movie is flawed. Um, yeah, like as I had forgotten, I like like I say, I remembered he was the he's the obvious choice as the the red herring, and I could kind of remember the setup. I'll tell you another thing that like irritates the ever ever loving fuck out of me um, is I know what the capital of Brazil is. I know it's Brasilia. It's Brasilia. Yeah, I know it's not Rio. So the fact that, like, about an hour into this movie, Bill Cobbs finally is like, "Uh, you got the wrong answer. I've had an hour of the worst OCD ever. That's not the right answer. Mm. That's not the right answer. 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 (laughs) And before they call up on on the you know, from the radio contest she actually tells Brandy my number is not listed yeah 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 so head of the head of the radio station 96.5 FM yeah um <laughs> get her number yeah it's like there's there's just a litany of things right from the start which are just handled kind of poorly kind of dumb um and, 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 and I wanted to tell Jennifer love Hewitt to open her fucking windows they're at her house <laughs> 
right? Because seriously, every window had this, this shaft of dust-lit light mm-hmm. flowing through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, can you get a bit of fucking fresh air in there? Yeah. Because I reckon that, <laughs> that, that place is just... It's got to be rank. Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently she, she gets, like, chips and drinks and then goes to bed and leaves them lying around. Oh, so, she, such a slob. That's how you get ants. That's so, how you get ants. She's such a slobby person. If you look at her, she does not take care of herself. Like, like I thought, like, the... Like, you are Brandy, right? Roommate of... Hmm you know, Julie in this movie, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, who pulls a knife on you when you go through her cupboard for a, a cute outfit. Um, constantly yeah, keeps telling you... Have you ever shared a house with someone, Duncan? I've, I've reached that point. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my shit, right? Don't touch my shit, motherfucker. You eat my cornflakes again, I'm going to stab you. Huh? Well, she's the most... like the, the longer this went on, the more I thought, right, they've been friends for a year, right? A uni, we're led to believe. Um, and yep. she keeps talking about the nightmare she has and the trauma that she has, right? And, like, the, she pulled a knife on you. And, yeah, you're going to take her on this holiday. But the fact that all the way through this movie, every time she's like, oh, well, the the the, the words on the screen on the karaoke changed. And everyone's like, what do you mean? Like this? I'm like, well, for the last year <laughs> she's been telling you how <laughs> she was stalked for, for a whole summer. Is this sort of... Like, like there's a certain point where I, their disbelief of what she claims to have seen is played off as like an overactive imagination or or, or whatnot. It becomes a bit silly, and there's even the point where, like, there's a like, there's a disconnect from, like, even when they find the dead bodies on the island, right? So they've every yeah. every one of them now has seen a dead body, and they come back, and Jennifer Love You is stuck in a some bed, uh, which once again is yeah. uh, just dates oh. this movie so much, like that. Like some beds are yeah. everything, yeah. in all these movies, like, some beds and Sony Walkmans. That yeah. that <laughs> version of the Sony Walkman actually came out in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's had it for a while now. Look, I've I've never been on a sunbed. I'm lucky to go out in the sun. I am probably as pale as most of your compatriots, Mm -hmm. uh, despite the fact of living in the land down under. But she's gone into the sunbed, and she's put that Sony Walkman on her groin. Yeah. Now, (laughs) I'm pretty sure either, A, it's melting into uh, (laughs) her JJ, which ain't pretty, or B, it's going to give her the weirdest box-shaped tan line you've ever yeah. seen. She's going to have a, a, a box-shaped tan line on her box. Um, so yeah. she, may be, she may be taking it too literal. Uh, yeah, like, like, well, she's on there, but they've, they've all seen a dead body. They come and rescue her. And all three of those characters' instincts are, once again, not to believe... Well, one, not to apologise to her having seen a dead body the night before that everyone writes off. So no one says, you were right, right? But the yeah. second thing is, at that point, they still don't believe what she's saying. And I'm like, listen, she's the only one that's been consistent throughout this whole movie that there's someone killing people and they're coming after us. Like, at that point, I'd be like, you know what? Like, it's Tyrell's character in particular that I find a problem here because he is constantly arguing with her. Oh, in fact, there's a bit later on where the the um, Nancy, played by Jennifer Esposito, who's the you know the the 
kind of barmaid at the hotel. The She's sassy barmaid. Sassy barmaid. Uh, who dies in an homage to um, a Twitch of the Death Nerve, aka Beyblood, mm, the old yeah. spear right through. Love it. Yes. Love it. But, um, yeah, there's a... <laughs> like... She's like, uh, you know, what's been going on? You know, I hit when I found the bodies and all the rest. And um, Julie goes to start to talk about the story about what happened before. And Tyrell rolls his eyes. Oh, here we go. She's going to tell this story again. And I'm like, <laughs> like, everything she said has come true thus far. Well, maybe let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she knows a little bit more than you, Tyrell, who dismissed it. It could be something wrong, but... Hark back to the problem-solving skills of these people. Now, oh, they're pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> Julie, uh, Julie is trapped in a sunbed. Mm-hmm. The handle has yep. been, um, you know, it, it's had the... the Your the eye was doing the same thing Mings was doing, wasn't it? It was twitching when you were just thinking, switch it off? Well, switch it off, <laughs> find a pair of scissors <laughs> and just fucking cut it. No, 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 what we'll do is we'll get a big fucking heavy thing and smash the clamshell designed machine while it's still turned on yeah, which is on glass. top of the human being inside. Yeah, it's all full of glass as well. Glass and electronics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Smash it with a heavy object to get the the, the strap off. Yeah, because I was you literally thinking fucking just... Idiot. I was like, switch it off at the wall. <laughs> it was like, yes. Turn it the fuck off. Because I'm pretty sure by the look of it, it was built that she could have just slid out the top. Uh, well, the, this is the other thing. The other thing is the gap, like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes, she does have big boobs, but she's slight of frame, and the gap that's there, yes. she could have got. She could have slid out. You know what I mean? It's not. It's, it's not that close that it's like she she can't get. Like the camera clearly goes, and they can clearly have a conversation with her. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's not. It's not great. It's the, the, the thing about the movie is, and this maybe links back to something that I think it does well. It's an hour and forty minutes, and it it genuinely feels like an hour and twenty movie. Like pacing wise, it, it, it skips by. It, it skips by. Yeah, the, but, the time goes quick. Yeah, you, you aren't left with too many opportunities to to wonder. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you get a couple opportunities of. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt's, uh, I think I might have sharded face, which is a little sad <laughs> and, and, and a little bit, uh, a little bit confused, a little bit sad, a little bit tight in the hips. Like, oh, I think I might have just sharded, uh, and, and, and I'm just going to go over here. Yeah, but you don't get too much of that. And I, I agree, it doesn't feel like an hour and forty minutes. No, not at all. I like it, it, it moves in like at pace. So I love that aspect about it, but in the same turn. The biggest nugget for this movie is too much off-screen death. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Jeffrey Combs has a hatchet in his head with scrawling behind, I still know. And I'm like, that, how, when did he die? Why didn't I get to see his death? That looks like a pretty brutal yeah, death. What about his dog? What yeah. happened to Jeffrey Combs' dog? Right? It's like the the um, the attendant that's at the dock. Yes. Like when he gets... That would have looked awesome if you just if you'd seen the big hook go right through his neck or something, yeah. and then the blood's better. That would have been a payoff. Yeah, it's it's there's too much. This is a second one in, and we're already suffering that the MPAA is going to censor this movie. So I I don't like that aspect about 
the movie, like I say, I, I do like some of the deaths, but the fact that there is, I think there's three off-screen deaths in this movie, it's either two or three, um, and the point where I say off-screen either completely happens off-screen or the camera moves away right after the strike so you don't actually get to see the death, which to me is, it's a bit of a cop-out. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get. It. Also, don't understand the propensity in this movie for the killer, and then did it in this previous movie as well to hide the bodies on the island once they've been discovered by the people. Yeah. So he puts them all in a yeah. mausoleum for no reason at all because they've already been discovered by everyone. But I put them all together. No, well, that was the storm shelter. It wasn't the mausoleum. Oh, so yeah, that's right, storm shelter. shelter. But I don't but again, understand why though. Why? Yeah. Why? It, 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 only for the fact that we get Brandy and and uh, Jennifer screaming again. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's pretty much the only reason. But yeah, why? Why hide the bodies again? Why do it? Why the whole elaborate scene with Dave and, and Forrest Gump yep. in the truck and the car? That. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, he has to have a friend that talks him into going on this tropical holiday with his soon-to-be fiance. Um, yeah. I'm like, really? And, and yeah, and, and really? it's there just as a death. It's, it's purely there as your first death, which, by the way, comes in mm. quite not like hugely late, but it's about the it's about the 15, 20 minute mark before that first yeah, death it, comes in, and there's a lot of fake set up. Like her being mm. in the nightclub and thinking she sees the fisherman, um, her being, you know, at the uh, even the opening scene, the kind of dream that she has in the confessional, yeah. um, a lot of it isn't like set up, fake reveal, um, up till that this first day. Abu- this this whole actual this whole series abuses dream sequences, mm-hmm. abuses them to the point where you just going, I, I just don't care anymore. I, you know what? I don't care if she gets dragged under the bed and. Fucked in the ass. Yep. <laughs> it could all be a horrible, weird sexual dream that she's hung up on. Yep. Because I've, I've I've stopped believing I've stopped believing Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yep. And does that make me a bad person? I don't know. <laughs> right. Let's let's pivot this round then to this is the second and well the second in the, the the three movies here. So you know it's it's. It's essentially like most sequels are to the first movie. It's the first movie again, but with some caveats this time around. Do you think this one does, like, uh, you may have already just answered this question with dream sequences. Um, Do you think this movie jumps the shark in any particular way or breaks its own rules in any particular way that's detrimental to the movie? Or do you think this is essentially the natural progression of what you could do in a sequel to I Know What You Did Last Summer. Look, I've got to be honest, I actually feel like it jumps the shark. And the yeah. reason for it is the whole setup. Mm-hmm. Right? They could have had Fourth of July weekend um, or even fucking spring break or anything else yeah. without having to go through the whole Scooby-Doo Island. The Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, Scooby-Doo, <laughs> Scooby-Doo Island. Right? That whole... Island and then going, oh, well, yeah, actually, you know, Will Benson or Ben Wilson, what the fuck his name is, <laughs> um, he used to live here and actually he killed his wife and he had two kids. Yeah. And isn't that an amazing coincidence? No, it's fucking not. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Bill Cobbs says, oh, yeah, I know that name. He used to live on this island. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. Really? Just. Yeah, and for for a guy who's apparently well dead, yes. and, and you know, 
is essentially still human too. He's not like he's a he's not a he's, he's not, not a Jason. Jason. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not even a Michael for that fucking matter. Yeah. Um, he's still a human, a one-handed human. He obviously has a lot of disposable income. <laughs> so much. Like the co- This is this is one of these things where the cost of doing this, like this full <laughs> setup here, you could have paid a professional hitman just to wipe them out and make it look yeah. like an accident. <laughs> so. Well, you know what? You could have paid a hitman and said. What I want you to do is, after you kill him, however you do it, make sure you stab him with this hook. Yep. Right? Just go and go and buy a meat hook and yep. give him a good dose of that, just so people know. <laughs> it's so it's so over the top, elaborate, where it's had like the fake contest, uh, you know, the flights out there, the boat ride out there. No one looks like they're paying anything at the hotel. No. So uh, no. I think it's all comp. That hotel has emptied. It, that empties out so quick. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, last day, last day of the season. I got that. I got that bit of the story. But while we're talking about last day of the season, the beach is full. Yeah. The pool is full. Yeah. There's people frolicking, and then within hours, the joint is a ghost. It's the hotel from the Shining. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like... yeah, it, it just happens to have a beach instead of snow. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think. It's just, oh. I was going to say. I think you're like to me. That's the biggest. That's probably yep. the biggest transgression that the movie makes is at the second one in, we have kind of lost the idea of how to set up one of these movies. And I feel that's an issue because, like you say, there are numerous places it can be done interestingly. It just reeks of we don't have as much money, so we need a small set we can contain with less actors and actresses involved in the process. Um, mm-hmm. And... But we won't like take into account just like you say the sheer volume of money that Ben Willis needs to have in order to facilitate all this, or even his son Will Benson, as in Ben's see, son. Th- they uh, could have, they could have honestly just gone, gone. Uh, Will Benson, yeah, was the killer now as the son. Well, that's what I right? that like that was the one thing that had it was the one detail I'd forgotten about the movie completely in that I knew that Will was involved. I thought Will was a killer, but there's a scene where uh, Will and um, Tyrell are rescuing Brandy's character and at the same time they're doing that, the killer is doing the old uh, the old tag on the, the sunbed. And I was like, well, that yes. he can't be the killer because... He's, you know, he's there. So, and then it came yeah. flooding back to me that, you know, they brought back Ben Willis. Um, I was like, all oh, right, so he is, he is back. But you're right; they could have easily. It would have made, it would have made more sense, especially with yeah. the. He's the most ineffectual person ever. Like Will doesn't kill anyone in this movie. Will does his reveal and then is quickly himself killed. Um, and the, his whole setup in this is basically to do the fake voice to get them on the island and come with them. That is literally the use of that character, and I feel it's a a missed opportunity when you think of, like, movies like Scream, where they heavily lean into, right, well, you know, you killed off that killer, but there's a new killer that takes a place that's related to it. It kind of feels like they missed the memo on that one, and they were like, if anything, they're more true to the, the 80s slasher movies, and that they're like, no, the killer yeah, the, has the to come back. The relentless killer. Yeah, the, the yeah, killer the has to come killer. back. Um, 
Yeah. But which, well, when you get to the third one, there you go. Well, um, yeah, that's that's all. I've still to see it. I have yet to see it, and um, it will be first time watch for me. And I am, um, I'm intrigued. You went quiet, so that, that doesn't bode well. Uh, right. Well, there are some positives to the third one. I, I will, I will give you that. Oh, um, right. And you will look differently at uh, at skateboarders. <laughs> oh God! All right. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Now, you either have to take a position here, which you either have to take the position of I am recommending this movie, or I am not recommending this movie. Picking a scene from this movie, what would you use to back up your position? <laughs> so, I, I want to, um, I want to think about in, in the dark jungle, in the rain, mm -hmm. thundering down. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt mm -hmm. and her magnificent cleavage. Yes. Um, if, if look, if that's your thing, or like I said, or Brandy for that matter, if that is your thing, mm -hmm. absolutely get in there um, and do it. If um, you've got an aversion to fat white dudes with uh, dreadlocks, <laughs> scoochie boochie, oh, um, God. then skadoosh and do not watch this movie. He is. I know he's a like a walking meme. For, for how bad this movie is but it's apt it really is a, it is a horrible performance like really it's problematic it's, on so many levels oh look it, it, it's it, it's racially insensitive yeah um, I think um, Mackay Pfeiffer calls him Bob Marley at one stage yes and I'm going that's not right no don't do that <laughs> no don't don't do that because really that's he's being racially insensitive by doing what he's doing, yeah. and you're encouraging it. Yes. Um. So, look, look. Honestly, I think unless you you're directly tied to Jennifer Love Hewitt and you've got a real thing for her, which I, I was accused of by mm -hmm. one of my close personal friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, and she said, "Oh, you've got a thing for JLH," and I said, "Not even on a bet." Yeah. Um, <laughs> This movie, like Jennifer Love Hewitt had a music career, but it wasn't a particularly big one. Brandy mm. had a huge music career, yet Jennifer Love Hewitt's the one that gets to sing in this movie. Do you think that yeah, might be? A, do you think that might just be a, her record label did not license her singing in this? Yeah, I, I get the feeling that they went. We have to remind people that you know what she can do the other thing yeah. because um, sales are down a little bit. Um, so if she could just crack out a couple of numbers, yeah, um, that'd be great. Uh, and like I said, by the same token, if you enjoy that look on uh, JLH's face that looks like she may have sharted, yeah. um, then <laughs> by all means, get on board. You know, the, 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 one of the weirdest bits of trivia about this movie that like could have made this movie absolutely incredible is that they originally approached Peter Jackson to direct it. Now, on what planet they ever thought Peter Jackson, who was coming off doing the Frighteners at this point, um, yes. would ever have entertained doing a slasher movie uh, is, is kind of beyond me, but it is one of those things where you're like, it would have been like all those things you were talking about in terms of a bit more blood, violence, gore, and trauma would have been oh. there <laughs> for sure. Well, you know what? 
Transfer it all to New Zealand. Yeah. I haven't shot in New Zealand. She's on holiday. Yeah. And, you know, you're getting a whole lot of, hey, that's my mother that you're slashing. Cut <laughs> that shit out. You prick. <laughs> well, hey, Jennifer, you've got really nice cleavage. Yep. <laughs> could have been a great movie. Could have been a, could have been a great movie. Uh, right, the last question I need to ask you is about grades. Now, which you've been on here before, you know how we do this. One is hated it, two is didn't like it, three is liked it, four is really liked it, and five is loved it. Point fives are allowed. What are you giving? I still know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer deserves the point between two and three being boobs, 2.5. I'm going to come in with you 100% on that. It's a 2.5 movie. I can't say that I, you know, really disliked it. Um, definitely yeah, no, didn't hate I mean, it. But I'd, yeah, but yeah. I'd, I'd struggle to say that I liked it. I like, it, I like the speed at which it, it gets through its runtime. Um, yeah, well, that's right. It, it, it didn't make me suffer any more than I deserved mm-hmm. uh, for going into it. But it, it you know, it, it did. There were a few things that were kind of cool. Jeffrey Combs, yes, um, a couple of good stabs, um, cleavage, um, and and a lot of rain. Now, I've I've lived um, in the top end of, of this country where, like I said, there are only two seasons, which is dry season and wet season. Uh, and rain like that is one of the truly bizarre things you will ever experience in your life. Mm-hmm. It can actually do you physical harm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so I would not have been surprised if uh, JLH and the others had more than a few bruises from that rain. But I think they did it in Mexico in an abandoned, um, uh, I think, hotel or something else. So that, they actually like bought holes and did up. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise. So, which means they must have the rain machines on them. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me machine. at all. Like, the, the, like at, at, having been in a tropical storm before, um, uh, one of the more terrifying experiences uh, of, of my life. It just kind of reminds you that uh, if nature wants to fuck you up, nature will fuck you up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, uh, riding a motorbike yeah, in sideways rain yeah. is a lesson that I only learned once. <laughs> Right, you have, uh, like I said at the uh, up front here, you have a, a show that I've guested on a few times. I enjoy it immensely. It's the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. Um, I'm going to let you uh, pimp that show out as well as uh, Witch versus Doomsday Clock, which I think people should go back and check the archives for because it's a great show. But it's also worth saying you will be returning for Summer Series, which will be kicking off very, yes. very soon. Um, excited to, to be doing some 2010s horror? I am actually, as a matter of fact, because it, it's got some interesting stuff. I've got some a couple of really cracking years, mm-hmm. actually. Um, 2013 and then 2019. Yeah, you get close and, out. Yeah, 19 is going to be an absolute killer because there are some seriously big-time movies uh, in 2019. And uh, I, I'm going to be... Uh, uh, the the only sausage in a bun factory, if you know what I'm saying, because uh, it, it's you, you, me, and the ladies. Uh, and I'm looking forward to spending time um, with uh, with the three of them, because I haven't had a chance to record with any of them. Really? Very wow. Funny. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have a hit. You're going to have an absolute Yeah, look, I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to it, because like I said, that year is going to be super, super tough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're already getting all the shit in the world for not including a couple of movies that people just assumed would be there. 
Now, I never assume, because when you assume, you make an ass no. out of yourself and not me. Well, when you assume, you get cemetery, mate. <laughs> That's true. This is true. <laughs> right, uh, you have, like I say, Gangs of Hollywood podcast, Witch vs. Doomsday Clock. Where can people check those shows out, buddy? Um, they can check them both out on the Legion podcast group, uh, Legion podcast.com um, both shows are currently on high haters while mm-hmm. i am at uh technical school um because i just I literally have zero time now oh, yeah. uh, while i study and pretend to be a grown-up um but come the end of october they will be coming back with a vengeance so go back listen to the archives uh gangs of hollywood is a show that i'm truly proud of and duncan's been on it a couple of times and i love it, it yeah it is great fun and we've we've gone through quite a few movies and it's about 13 episodes of that just kicking around so by all means listen and get involved which west of the doomsday clock is 99 episodes when i when i get back to the mic i will be doing 100 and closing out that series and it's uh it's a fun piece of work that's very different stuff some of them are 15 minutes some of them are two hours yeah um and it's worth (laughs) it's uh we did some really fun stuff i've done great stuff with duncan a lot of other really terrific podcasters talking about movies and bizarre stuff and making up stories and doing all sorts of stuff so please um for a bit of a laugh by all means get in and listen and i will be back for summer series i'm really really excited about that nice right ladies and gents i'm going to take my final break of this episode when i come back i'm closing out the show and i'm doing it right after this You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 291, the second of a three planned episode series, Russian Roulette Franchise Retro on the I Know What You Did Last Summer series. That's right, we've just done our second movie. Thanks very much to my guest, The Witch, for joining me to do I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. We have one more movie in this franchise to get to. The episode will be dropping on Monday for all y'all out there and it will feature my good buddy JP. JP Shots from the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror will be joining me to discuss the final movie I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. It's a first time watch for me and you can tell by the enthusiasm in my voice I was not enamoured. But we're going to get to that. That'll drop on Monday, like I said. There is a multitude of ways to check out the show. Wherever you're listening to right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop. Access to the back catalogue of so many episodes is bursting at the seams with episodes. But you get them all there. They're all available. Just hit subscribe. Subscribe to Teapots Collective, that way you get shows like Where To Begin With, which just dropped a new episode, Opera Omnia, which is due to drop a brand new episode, Dude the Nasty, which will be dropping a new episode, and Chronicle, which will be returning soon. All those shows and their archives are available on that feed as well. Subscribing to both those feeds is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. If you visit our website, tputzcast.com, you'll get links to all those shows as well as a link to Joss's shite and other regrettable outbursts. The Booze Based Banter podcast feature myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs Evil, where we get ridiculously drunk. We talk about awful life choices. We do a little bit of a deep dive on some of the weirder news stories from around the globe and read your funny stories as well out on air. Joss is shite, another regrettable outburst is available through tputzcast.com. 
You can jump across and check our merch page. It's teaputscast.bigcartel.com. And we can be found at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputscast. For the Teaputs Collective, it is just simply facebook.com forward slash teaputscast. And for Jaws's shite, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettablepod. You can reach out and interact with myself and the bars on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at teaputscast. The podcast Under the Stairs will return on Thursday with Movie Club listener review action. Your reviews of Life Force, the second movie in our planned four-part series looking at Toby Hooper through the decades. So you have until Wednesday this week to get your reviews in for them to be featured on that episode. So, until I speak to you on Thursday, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.